Good morning, welcome to the Australian Early Finance Briefing for Wednesday the 14th of October. My name's Nick, here in Melbourne, starting with coal. Now, we've had a lot of press coverage in the last couple of days on this coal issue, and it's had huge ramifications across markets. So basically, the story is that China, like they've done with barley, like they've done with wine, has told you know their ports to refuse Australian coal as a sort of political moving to, to sort of influence Australia. But is that really the case? You know, we've certainly had you know, federal politicians like Simon Birmingham, the Trade Minister, say, you know, we don't have evidence to verify the, these reports. But he also says we have certainly been in touch with Australian, Australian industry and have been working to seek a response from Chinese authorities in relation to the accusations that have been made publicly. But a good question to ask is, is this really a, a political posturing or is it just China sort of doing what it's been doing for a long time and that's protecting its own coal industry? So unlike iron ore, China does produce a lot of coal, particularly thermal coal, not the high quality coal used for metallurgical purposes, but certainly thermal. So according to Wood McKenzie and the analysts, they say that China produces 3.5 billion tonnes of their own coal which is significant considering that import volumes only about 270 million of foreign coal. So, you know, they're large, you know, hugely self-sufficient in that area. However, there has been, you know, these caps have caused a, a, a divergence in prices. So according to Wood McKenzie, again, this protectionism from China has meant that you know, Chinese power generators could have saved US $25 on every tonne of coal they bought, had they sort of just bought on the market and through foreign supplies and domestic, but you know, that's the cost of protectionism. So it's hard to really tell whether this is just trying to implementing its, its import, annual import cap. So they have a, a calendar year cap and that resets at the start of January. And what we've seen in recent years is a big sort of surge in imports as soon as the calendar year clicks over. And that could be what's happening again, you know, as the year sort of moves on, that maybe that limit's been hit and simply that's just them, them implementing their rules. There's not very much clarity and there's certainly rumors that they may even, even you know, the, the port operators have seen, in China don't seem to have a really clear idea whether um, the, the limit's about to be hit or not. So it's understood that the, yeah, the limit's about 270 million tonnes. And certainly, you know, up until now, there hasn't been a lot of evidence to suggest that there's been a real sort of retaliation against Australian coal. There's certainly been some reports that, for example, Russian ships have been get, getting priority in ports, but not, you know, certainly Australian ships haven't been turned away. And Wood McKenzie mentions that Australian coke and coal shipments to China in the first six months of this year were up 65% higher than on the same time last year. And thermal coal shipments to China were up 48% of the same period. So things weren't looking particularly bad. Um, the, the head of Glencore, um, Glassenberg, mentioned that he does see that there would be some potential political influence still at play here, even if it's the, the likelihood of these limits being lifted, particularly, you know, we're seeing that, that big cost differential for the power stations, that that is, yeah, it's really hard to sort of quantify and it, the Chinese behaviour doesn't seem to be particularly inconsistent with how they've been in recent years.
Another thing worth mentioning is that it's more likely that they will, China will be forced to sort of lift the cap on metallurgical coal imports over thermal. Once again, they've got lots of their own thermal coal and they think, they think that this would probably happen, um, particularly as the price differential gets bigger. A relaxation of import controls is much more likely for coking than thermal coal because Australia supplies over 40% of China's premium coking coal, whereas Australian thermal coal represents less than 2% of the Chinese thermal coal market. So China imported about $10 billion worth of Australian metallurgical coal last financial year, according to the Australian government, and that makes China the second most important market after India. But it certainly could suggest that there may have been a bit of an overreaction in the market, particularly if this is not a really abnormal action. And we saw a bit of a recovery in Whitehaven's share price um, during the trading day yesterday. Moving to the markets now, just after the US Open, the Russell's down about 90 pips. There's talk that that's due to the delay in the stimulus package. Once again, more deadlock in the US Congress there disappointing investors and that's reflected in the fact that the Nasdaq's not down anywhere near as much. Coming up here in Australia today we have the Westpac Consumer Sentiment Survey and the SPI Sydney Futures are looking down about 15 bips. That's your update for Wednesday. Have a great day. This podcast is for investment professionals only and should not be relied upon by private investors. The podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. The values of investments can go up or down, so you may get back less than you initially invest.